Oh, drinking a little Joe. Oh, yeah, dude. Little coffee, little Joe. One of those mornings. Oh, yeah, one of those mornings where you drink coffee. Yep. I know what those are like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of those mornings. I read you. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. How was the rest of your weekend, Padre? Good. Yeah, it was just uh, masses and then play practice. Pretty simple. Yeah, when I got Mm -hmm. back from the... When I got back from the concert, I uh, had a call from the hospital to go give last rites. So I did Mm. that and then went to bed. It's kind Mm -hmm. kind of a stark contrast between the joy and frivolity of the oh hello's concert to then go yeah usher a soul to heaven yeah yeah that's that is that was a that was a dope concert it was amazing yeah like so so good i would be the okay with the oh hello's somehow i mean i don't want to give free advertising too much Mm -hmm. but if we had some type of like official band or whatever. I mean, it could be the Oh Hellos. I yeah. was that impressed with the concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that I thought about afterwards was like, um, was that concert just the best concert I've been to, or am I just now more able to enjoy concerts? That was it. <clears throat> I I it, I get that question, but that was a freaking good concert, right? It, yeah, it may be both there yeah your ability to enjoy concerts and that concert was objectively amazing on many different levels yeah even the like we were talking because that place was crowded but it wasn't packed there was like the right amount of people in there and no one was like blasted drunk or anything that like everything about it i liked they made us they made us feel like family you know Hmm. yeah it was like eight o'clock in the evening till 10 o'clock it wasn't yeah, like you said, some dingy, drunken, you know, mass of humanity. I don't know. Mm. It just felt like I was a person in there, and so were all the other people, and that we were enjoying yeah. each other. Hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, well, that was incredibly when they started. When they started Okamokami Manual... And oh, the gosh, whole shit. crowd full of hipsters is singing this song. I was like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Yeah, and there's something like they're, a, I don't know, the word that kept coming to mind was they're just a very gracious band mm-hmm. and that they're like respectful of each other. Like when, when they're playing on stage, uh, you know, and one guy, like let's say the lead singer is doing like a little guitar solo and singing on his own. Most of the people will turn and and look and like listen and watch him yeah. on stage that are playing. Right. And then they like want mm. they are very open to the audience and really want to bring you into their family traditions like so much so that they literally brought people. Yeah. Dang it, Father Connor. 
I wanted you to get on stage so <laughs> yeah, bad. I wanted I to was get on stage really bad. Pretty oh. bummed about that. That was the only thing. That's what I said <laughs> yeah, on the ride home. True. That was the only thing that would have made that concert better. Is if they would have picked you. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if you knew this, but when you started raising your hand, <laughs> we were all just everybody behind you. There was like ten people behind you. All of the seminarians, and we were all just pointing at you, like <laughs> jumping up and down, pointing at you, yeah. man. Yeah. Why didn't did you any put of you your guys? Cabin? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Dang that would. Oh, I thought I had awesome. a chance, you know. Oh yeah, you definitely did. They were picking yeah. people with Christmas sweaters on, but I thought, hmm, they might want a priest. That, yeah, that did. might be interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. In any case, well, anyway, it was it was just so much fun, mm-hmm. like just the literally just standing around, listening to them jam, dude. Yeah, and it was they, a blast. How they intermix, just like the. Like simple classic Christmas songs that everybody knew. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, but I was the same when that the first like real Christmas song that everybody knew the lyrics to was "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," and all of a sudden, like everybody around me and behind me is singing that. I mean, it was that was powerful. Yeah. Honestly, so much fun. Yeah, that was one where it like changed my whole perspective on the band. On the whole, on the concert as a whole, like oh, this is a different thing than what I was expecting. Uh, it was a quasi prayerful experience for me. I mean, if not full on prayer experience, mm-hmm. I was just like rocking out, yelling at the top of my lungs, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, come, let us adore Him." Yeah, yeah, me too. Whoa, with hundreds of other people. Yeah, I felt but, like I was a part of it. This is in contrast to like how yeah. I thought. I would have experienced had I gone to the Cubs rally. Okay. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what what I feared about that was that I would really want to be part of this, but I still would feel like I'm kind of pressing my nose against the glass, watching other mm. people be happy. But that was something where there was only one moment where I even thought about my phone, which was when I looked and somebody that was with us was filming the uh, like the fake snow thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but until that moment, like all I thought about was just being there mm. and singing along with them, and these strangers that were surrounding me, just kind of like being happy that they were there and were alive, and I was alive, and we were all there to enjoy it. You know, I you know I wasn't like perfectly in the moment. Sometimes I, I had this thought, like, man, in forty years, are we gonna look back on this era? You know, in these this fashion, all these like cool people with their mustaches and their plaid shirts, and <laughs> and it's just gonna be like, oh man, that was a funny era, you know, because th- that sort of like that experience sort of was just an archetype of it, you know, the hipster oh, yeah. standing room watching a band play. It embodied like that whole thing. Also, it was a blast, but it embodied like what millennials think is cool. Yeah, yeah, and embodied like evangelical hipsterism Mm -hmm. to me too you know like where there's this sort of dog whistly we're doing rock and roll with banjo which is what's cool right now and but also we're singing oh come let us adore him christ the lord you know and yeah we're not saying it out you're not with saying it explicitly like we are committed christians but right um there's all there's sort of this wink and a nod thing where Probably a huge amount of people here have a relationship with Christ. And those who don't, we're all thinking like, I hope that those who don't 
realize how cool it would be if they did. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that that's what everybody's thinking, but I sort of was thinking it, you know, like this is a great way to evangelize through beauty. This is just a beautiful experience, beautiful music. Uh, and it's, you know, the thought that I had was, man, I really love Jesus. And that's, that sounds like such an, uh, obvious truism, but when I am with other people singing about him, it makes me happy. And that to me is like proof positive that I believe he's real and that I legitimately love him. You know, like the saints love God and it's not just that they're really good or really strong, but they love him, you know, as you would love your mother or your friend or your spouse. Mm. Uh, and therefore he has to be real not just in the like philosophical sense of exists, but to you, you know, that's what gives these songs meaning. Why, why you want other people to know this person. Uh, well, and they did it without like, you're right. Nothing. I mean, it was advertised as a Christmas concert. So like that part was, was there, but like in, they never said a prayer on stage right. or, and, and like those lyrics, yeah, like are kind of explicit in themselves and powerful, but at the same time are kind of like, in in a sense, also like fables of our culture mm-hmm. almost. And the so, classics. like, the point is, I guess they didn't need to do anything that they didn't do already. They're like just a very talented band and like i have no idea their story none yeah me neither but like evangelizing through beauty is what what we witnessed certainly or like at least felt anyway like the felt experience was was that i think that's accurate Mm -hmm. yeah father similar to your like i'm i just love jesus having that same feeling mine i also had this just profound sense of gratitude for being able to live in the Christian life and like living life in relation to Jesus just because the fullness of joy in those in that concert experience was I I think something that not everybody in the world is able to experience because it was just such a holistic like not the word that comes to mind is prudish where it's like oh kind of the knock the pious knock against christians of like oh that's boring fun like no way man no way and actually there was one guy on stage that freed that like kind of freed at two two rather that freed me of that um is the banjo player who was shoeless and was wearing a sleeveless shirt almost KOing everyone on stage with his banjo because he was so out of control (laughs) And then the giant mustachioed bass player mm-hmm. was was he playing bass? Yeah. Whose guitar seemed like it weighed more than him, and like when <laughs> that thing would fly around, he would just stumble around and stomp on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like, no, this is, I don't high what? energy like just people who are full of zeal and full of life, having an awesome time. Like there's nothing, I guess you could, there are things lacking in that experience, but 
when those guys are up there giving it at all, they kind of invite you into like, let's get totally into this Mm -hmm. and have a great time and uh, like not be worried about doing anything wrong or like anything immoral. Just totally enter into it with all of your passions, with all of your joy, with all of your laughs. And even like they do, they have the courage to play some deep songs that um, stir you know, even sadder things within your heart, like enter into all of that. Yeah. Well, it's just, I, I actually really liked, I hadn't thought about that, but that's how you drew that back to like what you were worried was going to be lacking at the Cubs rally. Yeah, that, just, that is helpful. Like that concert honestly was, I mean, it was, you know, just a ton of fun, but it, it was, it was what it should be in a sense like it ended very well mm-hmm. um i guess like i did not have the like desire to have my phone out either um and i mean that's profound in itself but when it ended like i also didn't want it to go all night either yeah, right. like that i was, was just like no it was full and but like i didn't i didn't desire to possess it like and just make it mine forever but it was just like wow legitimately like that helped me enter into like christmas better yeah mm-hmm. and now i can because of that experience but like all we had a big crew i mean there's probably like what a dozen of us from mundelein yeah. and i mean even like after we didn't hang out because of the snow but it was like just very joyful to be around those guys and like talk about how freaking awesome that concert was yeah. and there's just like okay like let's go back mm-hmm. we're yeah, our disposition is like w- way more capable of receiving God's love right now. Like this next finals week or whatever back at Mundelein. Um like I just ate yeah, a, gratitude. Yeah. I just ate a Christmas meal for my soul and I am not gorged. Like I don't feel like I've been gluttonous. I just feel very satisfied mm-hmm. that I, I just like had that that's a very I think a very Cywickian thing to say, but <laughs> Like we just had a tasty Christmas meal together, and yeah, certainly I I think you're totally right. Like even driving back to campus and being on campus, like I don't know, it just feels like Christmas now. I it it feels like we're getting close to it. We also had an amazing day. Yesterday. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was pretty great. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the concert, Fisk? Um. Yeah, I, I could say a lot, but go ahead. If you want to talk about, were you thinking the, the Christmas party at the Sisters? No, actually, oh. that was also oh, we had a crazy good weekend. It was dude. a sweet weekend. No, what, what happened freak, yesterday? Freaking nothing, dude. We Sabbath. <laughs> and that's a verb. We <laughs> yeah. Sabbath. We verbed to Sabbath. Mm-hmm. No, literally got in, um, like, the my parish sunday thing got called off because of the weather so slept in went to st joe's for mass and then we went and worked at hansa for a couple hours and then but you worked on the sabbath uh uh, i honestly (laughs) didn't do i I had actually intended to work at hansa but i did nothing while i was there uh anyway and then we came back and Freaking binged and finished Stranger Things. Mm. Um, what do you think of the end? 
No spoilers. Oh, gosh, I I liked it. Like that mm-hmm. was a that show was fun. Yeah, I thought they tied it up nicely and yeah. I'm also, excited. Also, let you a little bit like mm, not everything is. Yeah. Back to a okay. I was thinking yeah. about it this morning, and this is like very much effective movement stuff in my own heart. So not necessarily about like the ending or whatever. But uh, I really liked the character Hopper Me too. in that show. Mm-hmm. And I really think, and actually, like, I, you know, I think I've talked before how much I like the show True Detective. And, like, Mets and I have hashed that show out multiple times. And uh, the Matthew McConaughey's character in True Detective, I don't want to, like, get into all the details of that, but, like, it's just honestly, like, a real model for priesthood for me. Um, not like not in his promiscuity or like all the drugs <laughs> that he does, right. but like yeah, I can like talk about that whenever. But um, I think honestly, the character of Hopper was like a real model for priesthood for me in that show, and even like like the upside. I don't want to. I don't want to give spoilers too much away. This might give a little bit, but like in that show what they call the upside down and which is just like the like whatever parallel universe or yeah, whatever like the evil t- shadow side. like the shadow side of yeah. the world but even that like the images that they had were so cool and creative mm-hmm. but just those scenes like when um like one person was on the shadow side and one person was in the world mm-hmm. and they could like kind of hear each other and they were like standing in the same place and it just reminded me of like sin and the spiritual life of like not everybody can see that but it's real like it's right in front of you and so just that last episode like the imagery of like oh my gosh that is such a spoiler i have to cut that out dang it sorry relax well you can cut it out i'm just telling you guys i don't care what you do (laughs) with it but it was a cool show oh yeah and that wasn't I mean, there's just kind of some stuff I've been like. Well, I love that when with. you see somebody who's kind of uh, like that cop in the very beginning. He just seems kind of like a ne'er-do-well, mm-hmm. um, you know, booze and women and I don't know. Does he pop pills or something like that? Oh, yeah. The, the, all the tropes around. This guy's a lost soul, man. Just lives for himself. He's cynical. Right. But then he gets a mission uh, to do good against evil. And all of a sudden, the guy's transformed into a knight. I think that that's such a that's a cool uh, storyline. I also like the Scrooge storyline, where and you see that a lot in movies too, where somebody goes from greedy, selfish, self-absorbed, the world is all about me, to realizing that life is better when you when you give it away. And especially when that's centered around Christmas, like the Christmas Carol. Um, but even like the Grinch gets me. And um, I mean, it's a wonderful life has some of that, that sort of stuff. But that like witnessing the conversion of heart. Uh, I listen to Blaha's homily about Groundhog Day. Do you listen to Blaha's homilies? No, I, no. I feel like that deserves a shout out. Did he? Catholic Campus Center podcast. He he podcasts his homilies at D-I-D-D-E. But I listen to him every week. And he was talking at the first Sunday of Advent. He was talking about how 
you know, we can hear these same stories over and over every again each year and sort of think, okay, it's time to make some kind of change or some kind of resolution or really commit to holiness as the object of my life. Um, But it's just more of the same. And he draws a parallel between that and Groundhog Day, which is a movie I feel fine spoiling, but um, because it's so old and everyone must have already seen it. But he talks about how, like, the philosophical background. Have you guys seen it? Bill Murray? Yep. Uh, Rob? I have not. Oh, my gosh. You can spoil it. You can spoil it. Whatever. <laughs> so the guy's a, he's a newscaster. You know what I have seen? What? What about Bob? That's oh, a good that's movie. A good, All, right. all those, yeah. that era of Bill Murray is his choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So he's this big shot city uh, news anchor guy who ha- or he's the weatherman and he has to go out and do this thing in Punxsutawney, uh, was it Pennsylvania, about Groundhog Day, how they, you know, they Punxsutawney fills the groundhog. If he comes out, he sees a shadow, there's more winter, blah, blah, blah. So he thinks this is really a stupid assignment and he kind of loathes these small, small town yokels and... Um, but he gets snowed in and he can't get back to the city and he wakes up the next morning. It's the exact same day. He has to live it over again. And that's the whole theme of the movie is that he has to live the same exact day, which is miserable for him over and over and over again for something like 30 years worth of days. But a lot of it's just Mm -hmm. kind of fast forwarded through. You kind of get the idea of he's doing this now, but his first reaction is to be kind of angry. uh, And then he sort of like uses his knowledge of everything that's going to happen that day to sort of serve him. So he starts, you know, like winning lotteries and punching people in the face and, <laughs> and uh, he taking advantage of, of women. Yeah. He steals a bunch of money. He, yeah. He robs an armored car. Yeah. Talk about a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, then he, uh, then he gets real. he like, it's obviously so boring to just live your life like that, especially the same day over and over and over again. You get nothing out of it, uh, trying to fulfill your own desires or whatever. So he starts trying to kill himself. So he kills himself in all these different ways, like takes the <laughs> takes the groundhog at one point and drives off a cliff. Um, but he keeps just waking up to the same. So he has to live um, this day. He cannot not live. And then finally he decides to use his ability to kind of tell the future uh, because he's lived this day so many times to help people instead and to really live life well. And that's sort of the, I won't spoil the very ending, but that's the answer, you know, like living your life for other people. What Blaha calls the the law of the gift, well, that's John Paul II, but saying that that's what he kind of accesses in the movie is that your life is not about you and it's better that you know those who lose their life will save it it's just so counterintuitive but it's written into our uh you know spiritual dna that until we have some mission i was thinking about this myself like sometimes when i'm working really hard or when i have a lot of stuff to do or a lot of you know pretty packed calendar i'm just uh consoled that the, that there's an end to this and that there's like a day off coming or something like the Oh Hello's concert to look forward to where I can just sort of be free of responsibility and just sort of soak in an experience, you know. 
But on the other hand, if I don't have anything, it's kind of like the end of vacation where you're just ready to get back because living like that is not fulfilling, you know, just not having to work or not having a mission quickly uh, makes your life a, a chore and it's boring. And so there's like this weird dynamic tension in life where I want, I want to be at rest because I'm so tired from working. I, I experienced that with firefighting. What, part of what made that job so cool was that I slept like a baby because you're tired from working. And then you get up and you you rest and then you get up and work again. And there's that rhythm that's just kind of naturally consoling because your life has a purpose. Uh, but if it's all just work or if it's all just rest, neither is good enough. And so you see in those stories of like this guy, the cop, has a mission to like figure out what's going on and save this child. And all you know, you're looking so forward to the fulfillment of that mission. But then at the same time, you're like, well, once it's over, you still need a mission. You get what I'm saying? This, this tension. I don't know if, no, if it's a, yeah, well, and I, I, th- I actually thought about something similar to that as expressed by the kids, um, who I, I just remember at the very end when they, um, they're all together and sort of reunite. Well, when they're all together mm-hmm. and they start just talking about the past week when all this crazy stuff has happened and they are so pumped and excited and like had the most fun that they've ever they could have ever possibly imagined like some sci-fi n- nerd kids just lived out their dream of sci-fi reality like breaking into their lives but you never like the whole week they're yelling at each other and running around getting chased by cops like about to die and but when they're talking about it it's like this is the greatest thing that we've ever experienced you know like sharing that with their friend talking about the mission that they were on but when you're with them throughout the week it's like this is so chaotic and crazy and how can this be fun and um i know yeah like the fulfillment of that mission uh, that's kind of what they were that's what they were excited about that's a, that's what they were relishing in and another thing no i don't know the only thing else from like the stranger things with that like came up i guess in me and i think this had to do i just finished silence which was oh nice oof, yeah the book was i'm very excited for the movie but i was similar uh i think to mike in that like i didn't like uh i didn't like a ton of the ending um and i I don't know like how he wrote it i don't know anything about him to know what he was doing with it but there's just a part of me of like i don't know just martyrdom and stuff we can't like explain that away i guess and i would i just reflected on that i guess after reading science about how weird martyrdom is and like holding that up and um as kind of our heroes of the faith and uh i don't know we just can't get away from that i guess too if like i i I thought about that a couple times watching stranger things i like your point about like the transformation of the hopper character like he has this mission and um but one of the things that like added some humor into the show was how crazy these people sounded like the whole time and then someone would like yeah, like see the monster or whatever and then kind of be in that camp 
and they'd be together in it then. But they called it like they said it a couple of times like, okay, so this monster is coming out of the wall and they speak through the lights and blah, blah, blah. But they have like this mission together. And uh, in some ways, like, I don't know, we live in a culture that thinks Christianity is like to actually believe that it's real is absolutely crazy. So like, okay, so you think this guy rose from the dead 2000 years ago and like his presence is actually in this, this like bread and wine, like actually transformed into that and like celibacy as a viable option and like that's nuts to to like we're running around like crazy people um which is pretty cool like the mission is still there but anyway i don't know how that relates either this is what i, I think that's a baller connection i hadn't yeah. <laughs> i hadn't really thought about that it, i mean yeah then you see the monster and then you're a part of that camp and I mean, I guess I, I just have a, a couple of different thoughts. Just to that point is, like, just to come into her house and see what crazy oh, yeah. looks like <laughs> as an outsider. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it sometimes when people, like, encounter Catholicism or Christianity or Christians, and they're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a lot that comes with it in the same way that, um, like encountering the monster in that show manifests itself in knocking down walls, putting up lights, having the alphabet scribbled on your wall. Like encountering Christ exteriorly looks like, yeah, walking around, praying the rosary, like talking to a piece of bread, um, you know, kneeling and praying to the intercession of what looks like a statue to people and like just a lot of crazy looking things. Um and it it is unless you have that initial encounter with with the one you know the one guy that helps you to see uh that's a cool connection thanks i didn't i hadn't seen that hmm. um i i don't know how this relates but the the first thing that i thought of was uh and i tried to explain it uh coming on the way back up from the concert but the whole time that i was there um, specifically during one of the acapella moments when they weren't playing instruments and everyone was just singing essentially like come let us adore him and explicitly saying Jesus Christ is Lord and just kind of realizing like this is unbelievable and this is very rare what's happening right now like you just don't get 300 people in a venue screaming at the top of their lungs having a great time like this and just to realize how much fun that I was having and how alive that I felt and seeing it was especially fun for me to see you father Connor you were kind of like two people rows in front of me and to the left and you were just jamming man like <laughs> yelling and screaming and getting so into it and and just seeing how all of us were able to pour ourselves totally into that with no risk of like harm or um uh, anything like we were just able to totally enter into it and what a great joy that was um this may not make sense immediately but my first thought was i want to get that book there's a book by robert hughes benson who's also the author of a book called lord of the world which pope francis talked about quite a bit and it's a um kind of like an apocalyptic novel i tried to and, read that and i couldn't it was, it was too confusing and weird Cardinal George also spoke about it. He yeah. actually spoke about it like the last time he visited us here on campus. Mm -hmm. But apparently Benson 
writes that's like a dystopia novel where it turns into this like hyper secular humanist that rejects God entirely and then deifies a human um, and kind of like the ramifications of that. But apparently he has another book that is a Christian utopia where like a bunch of Christians get together and apparently try to create um, like a Christian heaven here on earth and what happens from that. And I don't know anything about the book. I just heard that he wrote it. And my first thought when all that broke out during the concert was like, this is, I don't know, this is what it looks like to have a large group of people like totally, um, totally entering into an experience, totally living life, but totally living life within the realm of like, this is God's, God's gracious gift to us and living in harmony with God's will in our life. And seeing that in stark contrast to, um, like just seeing sin as this turning away from God's will. And I think it all stemmed from just a realization of like, wow, we're all receiving this moment that God wants to give us fully and explicitly by incorporating like these traditional Christmas hymns that we were, we were explicitly praising God with our words. Um, but it just made that idea of like this as being a gift from God, being able to be with my friends being able to be with these dudes that I podcast with and screaming and dancing and yelling and all singing together as like being this great, honestly, experience of like experience of heaven in a lot of ways where we're all together, like jamming and being very grateful and adoring God totally yeah. with like mind, body and soul, I guess is that and and being able to totally enter into that. I, does that make any sense? Totally, dude. Yeah, it's exactly what I think. It was like this tiny little foreshadowing. It's like, yeah, 300 people at a rock concert. But the fact that Jesus was part of it, you know, made the whole thing so wholesome, you know, like so satisfying. It wasn't idolatry, you know like what most those concerts kind of are. Yeah, a lot it, of you're times. right. It was it was kind of it was an act of worship, you know? Those songs are explicitly oh come let us adore him is an explicitly worshipful song. You know, but it was done in a way that like our generation, our musical tastes and like the enculturation of the gospel in a way. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the mass, it wasn't perfect image of of our worship, but so much of our, you know, our churches are ugly or, our, or the music at mass doesn't lift our hearts and our minds to uh, to what's really going on. I mean, objectively speaking, that that is the sacrament, and that, it, that you know that is Jesus truly present. But uh, you know, there's this subjective aspect too, where we, we like we just our hearts are out wandering, looking for God all the time, you know. And then when you find Him, and and then when your your heart has been kind of prepared and tilled to receive him, you can see him in these places, you know? And I was just thinking, I listened last night to a piece of a talk by Christopher West on the theology of the body. And he was talking about like the, the naked truth that we believe in the resurrection of the body, that we will have some version of our bodies in heaven, that we will be worshiping body and soul 
in whatever sense or meaning that has with an, you know a body that is glorified and has eternal life with our voices with our eyes with our hands and all that stuff we will be worshiping and praising god and that is what i felt like at that concert was that here in my temporal existence this body which in 40 years will be old and i'll be looking back on this concert as something that just happened to me once or that i was a part of and i will remember it fondly but it will have passed away into non-existence but there's something happening right here right now that here i am with people i don't know it'll be like I pictured heaven as this place where all of a sudden there's all these people that you never met before, but the secret is out, you know, like we all believe in and love Christ. And now we can just like let fly our joy at being saved, that he came to us and got us out of the mess and brought us here. And now we're safe. And okay, let's just all sing, you know, and that that's kind of how I felt was like, here, there's still some doubt, you know, maybe there's some people in here that are sort of cynical about this whole religious thing. They like the music, but, you know, but even, I don't even know, like, how could you go to that concert and not have some sense of the beauty of, of Christmas in its real, that, that was the other thing is like Christ is here in this Christmas stuff. You know, we're singing songs about Santa Claus and whatever, so, you know, but there was no missing it, you know. That O Come, O Come, Emmanuel just said it for me. Like, then I was I was in it. I was like, okay, I'm here. No doubt this was a good decision to come here tonight. You know? Mm-hmm. We should tweet at the Oh Hellos this episode when you get it edited. Oh, my gosh. Brilliant idea. Yeah. Brilliant idea. Let's see if they listen. Oh, my dude. We pretty much said their, you know, <laughs> like their concert was like, experiencing heaven so yeah. they could probably hear about it yeah yeah so. no yeah. totally three dogs north are juice seabisk and michael metz conversations have been edited to sound smarter Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And down.